Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well this morning. For those of you I don't know, my name's Todd. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, welcome to Hilton Head Island Community Church. Uh, today, uh, we begin a brand new series called Get Your Shape On. Isn't that great? Some of you are like, I didn't come to church to hear about like, you know, weight loss and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I promise you that's not the direction we're going to go. Uh, so just right out of the gates, I uh, just want to let you know that. Hey, I want to just uh, take just a quick uh, poll here, survey. I want to ask you uh, to, to just answer by raising your hand. Um, how, how many of you are here and you're like a part of the family of Hilton Head Island Community Church, either like you attend regularly or you're a member? Raise your hand this morning. Awesome. Raise your hand. Keep them up. All right. Very good. How many of you are, you know, like um, vacationing or you're here just for a little while or something like that? Awesome. Very good. How many of you are from Ohio? Welcome from Ohio. <laughs> I'm glad you're here too. And truth be told, I really give Ohio a hard time because most of um, the people who attend church here are from there originally, um, whether you're vacationing or whether you're here full time. Um, full disclosure, my mom's whole family is from Ohio. So anyway, yeah, full disclosure. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here. Today's message really applies um, it applies to all of you who are here, but very specifically, it applies to those of you who are part of the family of Hilton Head Island Community Church um, that are, you know, attend or are a part or are members. Uh, you're here on a regular basis, and uh, this whole series um, is a bit like a puzzle. And so we're going to be putting a puzzle together over the next five weeks or so, and it's going to be, um, there are going to be things that we do here on Sunday mornings, and then there's going to be things that I'm going to ask you to do um, through our website at home. And so today, today's message is really a foundational, kind of laying the groundwork, kind of the framework for where we're going. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church, uh, I'm going to ask you to, to do your best to be a part of this message series for these next five weeks. Now, those of you who are from Ohio and Kentucky and Atlanta, we are really glad you're here, and I hope that you take this back and implement what you hear today in your church because your pastors will be very thankful, so I promise you that, and your churches will be better off. So it's not like this isn't for you, but I really am, am really wanting to encourage and challenge those of you who are part of the Hilton Head Island uh, Community Church family to make this series something that you're a part of. And if, you're, if you can't be here one week, um, make sure that you get the podcast and kind of follow along because it is a little bit like a puzzle. H how many of you have ever put together one of those like 10,000-piece puzzles? You you've done that before? How many of you ever gotten to the end there's one missing from the box? That's a lot of fun. I did that um, when Cynthia and I were first married in our first month. Um, we spent the first month of our married life at my family's house in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, which <laughs> is dangerous. Somebody just whistled, which is really dangerous in itself. But we did a 10,000-piece puzzle one weekend, which is you really find out a lot about your new spouse. And she finds out a lot about your parents. And you find out a lot about everybody uh, when you do something like that. And we did this. And there was one piece missing, and we were all just like, are you kidding me? How in the world can this be the case? And so what I want to do, what our intent over the course of these next few weeks is for you and I and for us as a church to really put the pieces of the puzzle together on how God has shaped us, how God has designed us. And I think that this will be something that will be incredibly enriching uh, to you individually because you'll find out 
a little bit more about how God has made you, and you can implement that in your home life, in your work life, students uh, at, at school. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of crossover to your lives outside of the church. But what we're going to be talking about really is designed um, to help you find your place here in this church, ultimately. And so we're going to be working through this, and we're going to be walking through Scripture. And each Sunday is really going to be kind of a principle-based message that will help you. Um, this first one really kind of sets the whole thing up, but it'll help you that week to kind of discover what that next part of your shape is. And I'll describe what shape is here uh, in a moment. But I want to begin kind of in the beginning. First of all, if you have your devices, you can always get online, download our app, or get online, and you can access the notes there. But you did receive the notes when you came in. And we're just going to dive right in today and uh, find out how you and I are designed, how we're shaped um, to love and serve God. So let's just dive right in today. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you turn to three different passages today. The first one is in Psalm uh, 139. I love this. Do you, do you realize um, that you, I want you to hear this, that you were fashioned and designed by God for a specific purpose? You were designed and fashioned by God for a specific purpose. Now, I realize that um, with, you know, 250 people or so in this room, that there are um, a lot of different spiritual backgrounds here. And, and I realize that there are some of you who have been in church, uh, you've been Christ followers for a long time, really long time. And, and you probably know how you're designed, you know your place, um, you know how you're shaped for him. Um, but there are some of you who maybe were dragged here today or who, uh, you know, you just kind of ended up here somehow, some way. Um, and maybe you're not a God follower, maybe you're not a Jesus follower yet. I want to encourage you that this message will apply to you, but it will really come to life once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And I know whoever brought you or whoever you're here with or whoever invited you and myself and many people who are part of the family here um, want you to come to a place where you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior so that you can see this like fully you know, bloomed or blossomed in your life. And so um, we're going to be talking about this, and for some of you it's going to make more sense than others. And we're going to be uh, discovering what the Bible says about our shape. First and foremost, it begins with our purpose and design, your purpose and design. You were uniquely created. Listen to this. You were uniquely created by God to love him and to serve him. You were uniquely created by God to love him and serve him. Uh, I'm going to point out two scriptures here today that are going to lay the foundation really for this whole series. This is it. This is the beginning to, because to understand your shape, and don't worry, I'll get to the um, uh, acrostic there in a minute, the um, acronym in a minute, but to understand that, you and I have to first understand that we were created by God. And there are some days that we don't feel like it, Right? There are some days that we don't feel like we were created by him, but we were. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 139, 13 and 14. I feel like I always say this, but this is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Um, 13 and 14. He says this. For you, were, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And then the psalmist gives him praise. Look at verse 14. I praise you, for I am fearfully... And wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very 
well. I love that passage, don't you? Like that is such a reminder that you and I were created by the creator. A couple things there. The the word formed there in the original language um, literally means to create or to bring forth. Like God did this. He did this. He did this. He did this. He created you. He brought you forth. You are not something that was designed or fashioned by man who's frail and sinful and flawed. You were designed by God. And then he uses the word knitted, which literally means to weave into creation. It also has another meaning, to cover or protect. I love that too. You were fashioned and you were brought forth to life and you were protected and and pulled together by God, the one that created the stars in the sky and the sands on this beach that, that we get to enjoy every day. You were created by him. You were weaved into creation and covered and protected specifically by God. And so the psalmist is just driving home this idea that you and I um, were created by God, the divine one, the creator of heavens and earth. But 14, verse 14, goes even deeper. It goes to another level when he says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Um, the, The word there in the original language for fearfully means this, in reverence or by honor. You you were created not just by God, the creator of heaven and earth, but you were created and formed and fashioned by him in a way that brought honor to him. Isn't that amazing? God created and fashioned you in a way that brought honor to him. And the word wonderfully in the original language literally means to be set apart or to be distinguished. You see, God took all of his creation and he set man apart. You and I as human beings, um, are we have a common goal and that is to serve and love God. But each one of us were formed in a very unique way fashion. We were formed with different personalities. We were formed with different gifts. We were formed with, um, you know, different color skin and different hair and um, some have no hair and that's fine. But like, you know, we were created in this whole different way uniquely by this amazing, amazing God. And the point is, is that I want all of you to understand that regardless of where you are in your life, you are God's creation. You are God's creation. And on your worst day, don't ever forget that you were created by God. Not only does the Old Testament talk about this, but the New Testament talks about it. I think even in in maybe a more poignant way, Paul speaks of this in Ephesians 2.10. I love this. This is awesome. Ephesians 2.10, Paul says this. He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for, what are those next two words? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That, um, that word workmanship in the Greek is poema. Poema. You know where, what word we get from poema? Poem. We are a work of art created by God. You see, that takes it up to a whole new level, doesn't it? Like, it's not just that he threw us together, but this is something that um, he pours over. Cynthia, my wife, um, writes music, and when she writes music, she pours over those words. 
She labors over each one of those words that she uses, and she pours over the, the lyrics and the, the medley, and she, she puts so much of her heart and her soul into it. And that's how you and I were fashioned for God. So when you think of the puzzle of your life, think about the fact that God designed you. He shaped you. He was the one that put you together. You are his poema. You are his workmanship. This is something that he was working on and poured into. And you were created for a purpose, and that purpose is to do good works. And so if you have ever thought that you were insignificant or unworthy or unable to serve God, or if you've done something that you feel like, man, it's just like not good enough for God, um, I, I want you to go back to those two verses, to those two passages, Psalm 139, 13 and 14. And here in Ephesians 2.10, you were created by the divine God. You were created by him for a specific purpose. But you are his work of art. Cynthia and I just recently bought a work of art. Um, and it, it's in our house. Um, we've never done this before. Um, normally we'd go to like, you know, Target, or, which is fine, and bought like pictures and stuff like that. But um, Louanne Barrett, who's a member of our church, um, has an art show. And we went and bought one of her pictures. And it's beautiful because she poured herself into it. That's what God did with you. You were created by him for a specific purpose. And any time you ever think that you don't measure up, remember that you are his. That you are his. Now, um, many years ago, a, a guy by the name of Rick Warren, um, who's a pastor of Saddleback Church out in um, California, designed a system that you and I can um, find out how God uniquely shaped us and designed us. And that's where we get this uh, shape uh, acrostic or uh, acronym from is uh, Rick Warren, who really designed this for his church. And so over the years, um, churches all around the country have kind of taken this model and used it. And so we've had times in our church where we've used bits and pieces of it. But the whole purpose of this whole series is for you to discover what your shape is and then find your specific role here at Hilton Head Island Community Church or wherever your church is, um, you know, where you're coming from. And so I, I just want to hit this. We're going to be diving into these as we walk along in the series, but I want to talk about these so that you get the perspective of what these are and, and how they play together. Um, it's this shape system, and we're going to have, have tools on online uh, starting next Sunday that will help you to understand this. The first uh, uh, letter is S, and that stands for spiritual gifts. Listen, when you and I become a Christ follower, at that moment, the Holy Spirit indwells in us. And, and we're going to be talking about that next month. We're doing a series on the Holy Spirit and talking about the role of the, the Spirit of God in our lives. But at that point, you are gifted for God's church. You are gifted for his work. And one of the things that he does for each one of you is he instills within you specific gifts that you can use to help the body of Christ, to further his kingdom, to spread um, the good news. And so each of you have a spiritual gift. And I can't wait um, for some of you to discover what your spiritual gifts are. Um, there are a variety of different things. Mine are shepherding and, and, and teaching um, and exhortation, which is like encouragement. There's gifts like help, helps and music and administration and leadership. 
Um, and, and there's all kind of different gifts that the Bible talks about, and we'll walk through some of those, but you're going to discover those on your own uh, as the weeks kind of develop. The H is heart. It stands for heart. And what that is, is that's your passion. What are you passionate about? What kind of things just really um, get you excited when, when you see people engage with it? For a long time, for me, my number one passion, a lot of you know this, was golf. Like, I loved golf and everything about it. And, like, you know, it's, it's just a few down from the top now, but it's not on the top anymore. Um, I love, I love to open up God's Word and see people connect with God's Word. I love to see people grow in their faith walk. That's my passion. Some of you have different passions. Abilities, A is abilities. That's like different things that you're good at. Some of you are great with kids, right? Some of you love middle schoolers. God bless you if you love middle schoolers. Um, I'm just kidding, guys. You guys are awesome. I love it. Yeah. So don't, they're like on the front row here. So I love you guys. Okay. So anyway, uh, they're going to like jump up here on stage. Uh, anyway, I have one. Um, she's actually like going to youth group. She went to the youth group uh, party that they had Friday night. We actually have a middle schooler in my house as of this year. It's crazy. But anyway, some of you love middle, middle schoolers. That's an ability. Trust me, right? Um, you know, Kids, some of you love babies. That's another ability, um, you know, to connect with uh, babies and help change diapers and that sort of thing. Some of you love to build. Um, you know, you're skilled with your hands. Um, man, that is something I wish I had. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, so some of you love to build. Some of you love serving community. Some of you love serving food. Some of you love um, connecting people to God's word. Um, those, all those different abilities can be used um, to further his church. Uh, P is personality, uh, how you're made up. Are you an introvert? Or are you an extrovert? Are you someone who loves people or, or loves, you know, quiet time? Um, you, you know, you love time by yourself. Like coming to church is a challenge. I get that. I understand that. My mom was that way. I used to be that way in high school. And so, like, there's different personality makes up, makeups, and that is part of your shape, your design. And then the last one is experience. What experiences do you have? And so throughout this series, you're going to discover mainly on your own uh, through our website what your particular shape is. I'm going to guide you on that on Sundays, uh, but that is how God designed. And you can see that we are all shaped to love him and to worship him. And so the fact that we're designed by God, this one that loved us so much, means that you and I ought to be passionate about finding our shape. Hey, didn't you, didn't you love the music set this morning? A little acoustic thing for something different. That was awesome, wasn't it? And so um, we, we have a special guest from uh, Florida, um, and uh, Angie's here. And so I'm just thankful for her playing the cello this morning. And so, um, and then also, I don't know if you noticed, Eric was back on the drums here. Eric Wamick. Isn't that awesome? Now, some of you don't know Eric's story, but back in May, um, Eric... Um, had a uh, heart condition and fell down. And if it wasn't bad enough that he had the heart condition when he fell, um, he caused some brain damage. And um, he was life-flighted over to Savannah uh, one night in the middle of the night. And we prayed for him because uh, I was there, and I know they're back in the back, uh, the whammocks. And so, um, Eric, man, I am so glad that you're here. Um, it's amazing to see you back here back in action, and uh, man, thank you guys so much for praying, because we didn't know if he would make it, but not only did he make it, but God has healed him completely. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing to see. And so, Eric, man, I'm so thankful 
that you have like, you know, discovered your gift in the body of Christ. And even through what you've been through, man, you're willing to be here on a Sunday morning, his first time playing drums. He sang last night in his band, too. Um, so you can tell he's doing a lot better. But, uh, man, it was so great to have you back. And you are an example of what it means to have someone who finds their shape and gets involved in the life of this church. Here's the challenge, though. Here's the challenge. Um, we were running some numbers over the past couple weeks. And here's what we found out. I'm just going to lay this out there for you, okay? Here's what we found out. In this church, at Hilton Head Island Community Church, as much as I'd like to say that, like, most everybody's involved, um, they're really not, okay? So if we were to take a look at the growth part of our church, like people involved in small groups, life groups, Bible studies, and that sort of thing, about 25% of our church is involved in, like, actively being a part of life groups, Bible studies, mentoring. Roughly a quarter. Okay, now, so um, that really kind of gives us the indication that we as a church aren't growing in our faith walk. Now, I realize that that's an over, um, overreaching there a bit because, like, there's a lot of other things you can do. You can have your own personal time with God. You can spend time um, in prayer and Bible study, and I truly understand that. But I think a good, healthy indicator of a church that's not just growing numerically, which we have over the last six months especially, um, but a church that's growing in terms of its um, really understanding of, of what God is doing is a higher percentage of people involved in, in growth groups. And so that, that's one of the problems. The other problem is um, that we have less than 25%, about 20% of our church actively involved in, in serving the church. Now, we have about 400 people um, who are attending here on a regular basis, but probably about 600 that call this their church home on a regular basis. And so 20% um, or less serving, it, in my mind, is not good enough. Do you think that's good enough? I don't think that's good enough. I don't think it's good enough that we have 25% um, that are growing in their faith walk, that are actively involved in group life. And, and so I, as your pastor, man, I want that to change. I want that to, to change. I want us to really understand that um, we have to, um, as Christ followers, be involved in, in growing in our faith and serving. And I think what happens sometimes is that we have a, a bit of a pendulum effect. Um, and I've heard some of you say this, and this is okay. I've heard some of you say, well, I'm not going to come to church unless I'm serving. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. You're like the overachievers. Like you just want to come and serve, which is great, and it's admirable. But guess what? If all you do is serve and you don't grow, then you're going to be in trouble. And then I've heard some of you say, man, all I want to do is, is like grow in my faith and be a part of Bible study and understanding God's word, which is awesome. But if all you do um, is, is that, then there's never going to be any output of your faith. And so um, it's kind of like the pendulum effect. So status quo faith um, that you kind of say is good enough equals no spiritual growth. Like if, if you as a Christ follower say, man, I'm saved like, I can come on Sundays and just get this message that, you know, is, is fine and it's from the Bible and that kind of thing, and I'm good. Um, for me as your pastor, I, I don't believe that's good enough. I, I want to encourage you to be involved in a group with other people 
who are growing in their faith walk and, and sharing that together. Um, it's not good enough just to say, man, I, I, I'm saved and I'm, I'm good. I, I know Jesus is my Savior. Man, you're going to heaven and that's awesome. But I want to see you live an abundant life in Christ. I want to see you grow in your faith. And, and then the, the other problem the, on the other side of the pendulum is if all we are is focused on things that benefit me only, like if all you do is go to like 10 Bible studies a week and like nothing happens that like is an output of that, then what are you, what are you doing? You're just gaining head knowledge, which is great. It's great. Please don't send me the emails. You said it's not good to learn about God's word. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is we can get really puffed up with knowledge, can't we? And we can get puffed up with knowledge, and it produces nothing. And it produces nothing. And so my challenge to us is, is that as we head into um, kind of the beginning of our calendar year, which really starts today, um, it really starts with the beginning of school, as we begin this 2015, believe it or not, 2016 um, year at Hilton Head Island Community Church, um, my challenge to us as a church is that we would get both of the wheels of our train on both of those tracks. Uh, all boys, all little boys love trains. My little boy uh, loves trains, and I loved trains growing up too. Um, in fact, as a family, uh, my whole family took a trip to Durango, Colorado, and we got to ride on the narrow gauge train that's there. It was awesome. And it goes up into these mountains, and you look over the edge, and it goes right down to a gorge, and it is so incredibly frightening. But I would absolutely recommend it if you ever get to do it. But I want you to think about a train like that that only has one track on the wheel. I mean, one wheel on the track. That's destined for trouble, isn't it? Like it's, it's not going to continue to move. It's going to fall off the cliff down into the gorge. You and I are in trouble in our faith walk when we don't have both of those things in action. Growing and serving. Growing and serving. We've got to grow in our faith walk and we've got to make a commitment to serve the body of Christ. And so the solution, my challenge, is that each part of our church, each part of our, our church family makes a commitment in 2015 and 2016 to grow and to serve. To be involved in, in like, you know, feeding ourselves and our spiritual lives. Man, you've got to be in a Bible study or a life group if you're going to be a part of this church, an active part of this church. You've got to be involved in serving the church or serving the community through the church in some form or fashion. And I love what Paul does in Ephesians 4, and this is where we'll end today, 11 through 16. I love this because he begins to talk about this spiritual gift, that first S in shapes. And he begins to talk about how you and I are formed by God for a purpose. And I want you to read this and see this and see how we as a church ought to operate. Verse 11 in Ephesians 4, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherd, and the teachers, those are some of the spiritual gifts, by the way, um, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro, 
by every wind of doctrine and cunning by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, verse 15 says that we speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, who is the body of Christ. Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, when each part is working properly, did you hear that? When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. There's a couple things that just jump to my mind. Paul here is, a talk, is talking about the unity of the church in this whole chapter. And essentially what he says is when the church is unified, when it's most unified, it's then most effective. When the church is unified, when it's most unified, is when it is most effective. You and I can be most effective in our design, in our unique design, when we are unified. So what is it that we're supposed to be unified around? Verse 12 answers that, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. We're going we're gonna to hit this next week, but you and I were designed not to, not to like feed ourselves, but we were designed to help the body of Christ. That's what he says here. We're supposed to be unified around how we're designed for the purpose, verse 12 says, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What's our goal? He mentions that in 13 and 14. Maturity. Maturity. We are supposed to grow in our faith. We're supposed to know when we hear some kind of false teaching or false doctrine. We're supposed to know that we don't put our trust in that, that we put our trust in this book that God gave us. You and I are designed for the unity of the church, for the coming together of the body of believers, for unity. How are we supposed to function? Verse 15, we're supposed to speak the truth in love, and we're supposed to grow up in every way, grow up in every way. That's the goal, is, is that we grow up in our faith. Now, the Bible has an overwhelming theme and that is, is that you and I are always growing in our faith. However, Paul does give us the indication that the purpose of all of these spiritual gifts and hearts and abilities and personality and experience is for the body of Christ, to serve the body of Christ. And, and that's, we're going to take a look at that next week, but that's why we're supposed to do that. That, that, word, that word there on, on verse 15, I just want to focus on that for a minute. He says this, rather than speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way. And that word grow up in the original language has two meanings. I love this. There was a first meaning that Paul had when he used that particular word. And it literally meant to get big. Like he, he wanted to um, kind of like, give them an idea of, of what he wanted them to do. And that was that they were supposed to get big in terms of their walk with God. Like they're supposed to, to grow. And, and he used that word thing, like, much like I would say, hey, I want us next year to hit the ball out of the park. Like it was a, a metaphor, an analogy, if you will. And it literally, the readers and the hearers would have understood that to grow up. But, but there's another part of that. And that is, is that the second meaning of the word literally meant to produce fruit. 
to produce fruit. So you don't just grow up just to be, you know, big and bad and a super Christian that has all the answers and that knows everything. But Paul is saying here, you've got to grow up in faith, not just in knowledge, but also in production, in service. And so that's why you and I need to have a plan in place in our lives to have one wheel on the grow track and one wheel on the serve track. We need to be doing both. We need to be committed to both. And when we are committed to both, then you and I can understand what our shape is, how we're designed by God to serve the church. Over the course of the next few weeks, in fact, on August the 22nd, we're going to be having a, a life group leadership training. We call it Grow Up. We have this at the beginning of the year each fall. And I want to encourage some of you who um, may have an inkling in your mind that you could facilitate a Bible study or a life group or lead that, man, come to that because that is so important. We need more groups to facilitate the growth that we've had as a church to be able to plug more people into more groups. And so some of you have called me recently and said, hey, I can lead a group this fall. I can facilitate a group this fall. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not like rocket science. Like most of our groups use a DVD-based curriculum. So sometimes it's just pressing play and it's discussing a group. It's discussing material that you've gone over. And we also have Bible studies that are a little more involved, but um, in some cases, man, it, it does not take a whole lot. You do not have to be seminary trained to lead and facilitate a group. I want to encourage you to do that. You're going to have the opportunity um, in a couple weeks, the last three weeks of the series, to get plugged in a ministry area and find your place of service once you've taken your spiritual gifts test and once you've gone through this um, shape discovery. And I pray and I hope that you will find your shape in the body of Christ. I want to end today with this, discovering your unique design. It's just kind of the bottom line. It happens when you make a commitment to grow in your faith journey and have a willingness to serve God with your life. You know, 25 and 20% is not good enough, is it? It's just not. I want to see so many more of you involved in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church. I want to see you become owners. We're going to talk about membership over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about leadership over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about what it means to be a volunteer at Hilton Head Island Community Church. I want you guys to get involved. And that begins by discovering your unique design, by making a commitment, saying, yeah, you know what? This is a year I want to really grow with other Christ followers. This is a year that I want to be willing to serve God with my life. It's a great story about the amazing, incredibly intelligent violinist of the 18th century, Paganini. When, before he died, he willed his favorite violin to the city that he was born in, Genoa, on the condition that it would never be played. What Paganini didn't know is that the wood that the violin was made out of, while if you played it, it might show a few age spots, might have a few bumps and bruises, but if it wasn't touched, it would really begin to decay. And so his city granted his wishes and put it in a box, and over time, worms got to that violin and began to eat it inside out, and it began to decay. There it was in the dark, not being used, not being utilized, and this amazing violin 
never was played again. Years ago, they found a way to restore it, and it's still there. But it never was to be played again. I hope that you and I don't go throughout our lives and never grow in our faith walk and never serve God with our lives to the capacity that we can. I hope that you and I will understand that he wants us to come out of hiding, out of the dark, and to serve him. He told us that we we shouldn't hide our lamp under a covering, but we ought to let it shine for all to see. Hilton Head Island Community Church, would you join me in making this the year that you and I get involved in growth groups, that you and I get involved in serving each other and serving our community so that we represent Jesus Christ as best we can. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father God, thank you so much for today. God, I thank you so much for this time that we can get together and realize that you created us and you designed us and fashioned us for a reason. God, I'm reminded of these words from the famous theologian Ironside. God, H.A. Ironside, who said, it's blessed to realize that every member of the body of Christ has something which he may contribute to the blessing of the whole. No matter how feeble, how insignificant, how relatively unknown he may be, he has received something from the risen Lord for the help of all the rest. Help us, Father, to understand that we play a part in the body of Christ, that we play a role And no role is insignificant. No spiritual journey is less important than another. God, I pray that you would raise up people here at this church and all the other churches that are represented here today. God, I pray that you would help raise up people who are committed to finding their shape and that that we here at Hilton Head Island Community Church begin that process by being committed being involved in some kind of growth community and we begin by being willing to serve each other and serve our community help us father to come out of the dark to come out of hiding and do our best to serve you in jesus name we pray